Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to The Drive on this nice-looking, chilly Tuesday afternoon. Hey, it is less than a week until Christmas, so... Uh, you know, I'm not complaining or anything. It's very, it's very pleasant. You know, there's not that much of a breeze. You just, after you're out in it for a couple of minutes, you realize, yeah, it's, it's pretty chilly. But a gorgeous day. A lot of folks still getting their Christmas shopping finalized. I'm getting closer. So, so that's, uh, that's, that's good. Hope everybody doing well and having, having luck with their shopping. We welcome you in to the Tuesday edition of The Drive Dan is out for the next few days. He is on the road uh, with the Troy women's basketball program, and they have games tomorrow and Thursday. He'll be back in the studio on Friday, but uh, we have we have great news for you because Coach Don Dunn is in the studio today, and, and he says he's going to try to put up with us for the next couple of days. Don, how are you doing? Doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me again. Oh, no, and, and this is perfect. I mean – I, I think the next couple of days uh, is, is going to be right up your alley, especially to do what I want to do today, because we are here. I mentioned we're less than a week away from Christmas. Well, for, for a lot of coaches, tomorrow morning is like Christmas morning because they can start seeing the presence, the fruits of the hard labor of recruiting as signing day, the early signing period, uh, gets underway tomorrow morning, and most of the top players in the country will go ahead and sign during this three-day period. Yes, it's a exciting time. I, I think back on uh, when I was coaching and a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety, a lot of sleepless nights. And like we were talking off air, uh, in the old days, the coaches could be – at the home, and, and I think it was 8 a.m. they could sign. 8 a.m. local time yes. is what it's always been. So, uh, you know, there's all the great stories about hiding prospects and taking them in airplanes, and we never really did any of that, but we did have coaches stationed around. You always try to keep an eye on the house, and I remember we had seven coaches up uh, watching over Cadillac Williams, and I think I was over in uh, Taylorsville, Mississippi, watching over Jason Campbell. That was a heck of a class. Yes. It really, really yeah. was. And, uh, but it's an exciting time, and it still is. I know things have changed with the portal and the transfer and the different dates, but, you know, our day was in February. Right. And we used to – once we could not go out on the road and sign them in person, you had to wait on the – in the old days, the Facts. FedEx and then the facts. Right. 
and you'd always be worried about the fax machine breaking down. I coached and it some did. It quite a few, you know, quite a few times at different places. And it we would. used to have several of them set up in the yeah. office. And when that thing would start going off, everybody would run over and then immediately get Coach Tuberville on the phone with the kid and his family. And the, but before that, even earlier, we would all meet up at Byron's and the staff and have a breakfast. But everybody was checking their phones the whole time, oh, so yeah. you couldn't really enjoy anything. Until you got that fax, it was not a done deal. Hey, I, I remember, I mean, and, I, and I followed recruiting uh, pretty closely for better than four decades now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there have been crazy stories. I have been around uh, when I heard, you know, when I've seen coaches rejoicing. I've seen coaches not too happy. I mean, boy, I've seen coaches explode when, when things that they expect, fully expect, and without warning, all of a sudden a player, you know, goes another direction. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, as, as we go on through, I, I'd like you to be thinking about some of those type mm-hmm. things. I mean, um, there's, there's uh, generally, you know, most of the players that, that you've worked hard and you have commitments from, they're going to stick with it. But there are always some that, uh, that at the last minute – decide to go elsewhere. Sometimes you feel like, uh, where'd that come from? Other times you feel like um, they may have, they may have uh, been, been using you or putting you, putting you up so that uh, to, to keep you from getting someone else and then changing their mind. I mean, they're, the fans are always you know, wondering, how could you let that happen? Sometimes there's just no way of knowing until it does. Right. Uh- like you said, most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, you knew and it came true or in your advantage. But there are cases where you lose a guy or you gain a guy. That's happened too. Mm-hmm. And um, you, know, you always wonder why. And it's just like losing a, a girlfriend or something. It just breaks your heart. I mean, you put all that effort in it and time, and you get to know the parents, the, you know, the, the, the coaches, Everybody involved, and then at the last minute, they break your heart, basically. Well, I mean, the the other thing that a lot of a lot of folks don't think about is the pressure that's on these young men, too. I mean, most folks have never had this kind of pressure put on them where they had to make a decision, and you feel like, all right, now, and it can change. It can change sometimes hourly. I mean, you have players that they, they wake up in the morning, they may feel like, all right, they're going to go here. And then by the time they, the paper's in front of them, they're thinking, well, but maybe I ought to go there. Or, you know, a lot of it depends on family, friends, the relationships they have. I mean, and now, and now you have NIL involved as well. And, I mean, we have heard stories through the years of, you know, <laughs> the, the allegations of players being bought at the last minute. They aren't allegations now. I mean, no. basically – um, I, I heard I heard Jacob a little while ago and <clears throat> got a call from someone that said he thought now with the NIL there wouldn't be as much flipping. I I'm sort of on the other side of the fence because I've heard from some people who usually know that there are some players out there and it's not necessarily them demanding more, but schools that feel like they may be losing out are going. Uh, we can come up a little bit more, yeah, and and this and and it and can continue all the way up till those players make decisions. Yeah, it's uh, really oh. different, really different from when I was uh, doing this, and uh, 
I don't envy these coaches now with all the other other factors and even social media. Uh, you know, so many of these kids can be contacted or text or you know Instagrammed or whatever they do, and there's so much pressure. Just like the young men that were at the uh, basketball game the other day. Oh yeah, you know, chanting their names and stuff. That that's great, but still, it's a lot of pressure on everybody, and uh, it's really changed. But it's still exciting, and I know we're all waiting for tomorrow. And I know the coaches will be glad when 12 noon. I think coach has a press conference. 12:30. 12:30. So that means they probably know who's going to sign. Because I remember waiting till six or seven o'clock the next night, and that used to drive you crazy. Oh, and yeah. then the head coaches, when's he signing? When's he signing? And you just get so nervous, and you put so much into it. And then, uh, you know, back in the old days, we got a couple of days off after signing day. That's not the case anymore. Well, now, of course, signing day is coming right now, and you've got transfers, you've got bowl practice. Right. So, I mean, they're they're still. A lot to be done before you can even take a breath. Yes, and, you know, like we were talking earlier, I think that was the first Wednesday in February yep. in, in the old days. So, you know, you got a couple of days off afterwards. But, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. It's a busy, busy time for the coaches and staff. Uh, so, like I said, I, I wish us the best of luck. Yeah, I, re- I remember, you know, the SEC years ago, the SEC had an early signing period came uh, around December 10th or so, and then you have the National Signing Day, and it still is the first Wednesday in February this year. It's going to be February the 7th, so that's as late as it can start because if, uh, you know, if, if a Wednesday, if, if um, uh, you know, it could be as early as, as February 1st or as late as February 7th, it's going to be February 7th. But, yeah, there used, wow. to, be, used to be an SEC signing period that was in early December, but that only bound teams – to their SEC schools, um, because I remember um, Thomas Brown from from uh, Jeff Davis and Montgomery um, was uh, was an SEC. Did he sign with Alabama? I, I believe he did. And then he signed with Arkansas, who was not in the SEC. <laughs> right, the old days. Uh, what it would do, it would alert teams outside the SEC on some really top players. Now, these days, I mean, it's really hard to, to sneak to have somebody completely slip through the cracks. You've got, uh, with, with all the camps that there are mm-hmm. and the the access that there is to video, streaming video of just about, you know, every team from any size classification, there's going to be some video right. on players. But, uh, you know, I, I was thinking it would be fun to, uh, to get some thoughts from you, and it doesn't have to just be here at Auburn, on some players – that uh, back in the day before everything was so accessible, before you had video on everybody, you know, scouting and finding some guys and really, you know, later being able to sort of pat yourself on the back, and go, <laughs> you know, maybe uh, maybe other people didn't realize this guy was as good as I thought he was. Right. If you, uh, you know, get lucky and get one that comes in and plays, and then it's the other way too. Sometimes you, you get all the hype and you sign a kid and he doesn't pan out. But uh, it is an interesting time of the year, and as a former coach, it was exciting. And I used to love recruiting. We used to always talk about finding the star of that young man. Is it his barber? Is it his grandmother? Uh Is it an uncle? Is it the high school coach? Is it his pastor? You had to find out who was in that guy's ear. And this is long before social media and all this stuff. And you had to recruit them, too. And I always, like we talked before, whenever I'd go into a school, 
you had to do a lot of footwork because mm-hmm. you didn't have all the stuff that we have now. And video was hard to get. You could find it, but you usually carried the tapes. I remember going through the airports with oh, yeah. projectors, running around sweating <laughs> with projectors and stuff like that. But you always had to find that star in that kid's uh, – who was going to help him make that decision or sometimes make it for him. I always found the grandparents were really the key. And uh, the most of the time the head coach or the high school coach or an assistant. And then, you know, you had to sort out who was really helping this young man make a decision, who was going to influence him, might be his brother, might be whoever. But you had to really do the work. And I, you know, go into that school, and I always like to go talk to the cafeteria ladies, the custodians. What kind of kid is this? Because you didn't have a lot of information. You had to do a lot of footwork back in those right. days, oh, which yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, that, that's that's some great stuff. Don Dunn here along with me on the um, Tuesday edition of The Drive. Andy Burcham will be checking in by phone today, and uh, that, that'll be here in hour number one. And then in the second hour, we'll talk with Jake Crane of Crane & Company. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. It is signing day eve. We'll run over the uh, commitments that Auburn has, the players that Auburn is uh, hoping to hear from tomorrow, and uh, some other news as well, some big news. Actually, Andy is pulling into the parking lot. He'll be in here with us. I guess I misunderstood. So, yeah, Andy will be joining us here in the studio in just a couple of minutes. Um, But, yes, we'd love for you to join in, and you can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, 334-321-1390, the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar, or you can give us a text. You can uh, text us on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number, 334-564-1840. Stick with us. We're just underway here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, a timely report. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, and now we're joined by the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Andy, how you doing? Gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, whatever good it night. is. <laughs> I like it. Cover yeah. it all. Yeah, War Eagle, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. <laughs> it is well, it is a it is a rather hectic, yeah, busy time of year. It's a weird week because it's the week leading up and uh, you know, you don't have you had a basketball game on a Sunday and not another game until Friday, but it is as busy this week is much more busy than I thought it would be. Just trying to get ready for next week. Well, you've got yeah. You, you well, you have so many things. I mean, you do have Christmas right. in, in just six days. Yeah, bowl practice going on. The early signing period starts tomorrow, and yes, it's been tough remembering what day it is because I'm not used to games on Sunday and Friday. Doesn't feel like the norm for basketball either, but it is pre-conference. Well, and there's a women's game tomorrow afternoon yeah. at two o'clock, <laughs> and a good one. Auburn and Washington State tomorrow. So yeah, it, it's it's an odd week. Uh, it's a it's a week that I, is a lot more busy than I thought it would be. Yeah, well, it is uh, there. There is there is so much going on. You mentioned the uh, the basketball game and another um, very good performance I thought by Auburn against Southern Cal on uh, Sunday afternoon. I was so pleasantly surprised. Not that Auburn won the game, 
but just how well Auburn played mm-hmm. in the game. And listen, you Guard know, play was outstanding, well, and it has been. It has been for a while now. I mean, you look at these last three wins, and you look at the numbers of Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson, and you look at—I mean, their numbers are are unbelievable at the point guard spot. And we're seeing Denver Jones starting to—I think he's kind of finding his role on, on this team right now. And KD Johnson comes off the bench, and KD is KD, and and. What Auburn has done the last three games has been just really encouraging to me, especially in response to the loss at App State. Now, let me say this, um, and I think Auburn's a bit disappointed it's not in the top 25 right now, and it's all because of the App State game. Well, all right. You're, you're given no credit for even scheduling that game because nobody else is going to App right. State that's a Power 5 school. And Auburn was outplayed by App State. I'm not taking anything away from what App State did that day. But there have been some other teams that have lost games to teams that they shouldn't have lost and did it at home, and that doesn't seem to matter. No, you're absolutely right. It doesn't seem to matter. Not, not at all. Well, the, the, the thing is, it's December. Ken Palm has Auburn in the top ten. Joe Lenardi today has Auburn as a four seed. I saw so, another, I saw yeah. another projection that had Auburn as a five seed. Um, Auburn, uh, yeah. So I guess the folks that matter are taking notice of what Auburn is doing at this point. Now you've got Alabama State Friday night. That same Alabama State team plays USC tonight in Montgomery. Right. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how USC responds uh, just a couple days after losing here. And then you get a then you get two kind of, uh, I wouldn't call them sandwich games, but they're dangerous games to me. You've got a Chattanooga team that comes in here the same day as the bowl game, mm-hmm. uh, and a game now that has moved been moved to a night game because of the right the, eight o'clock game. Yeah, exactly. So you you've got a Chattanooga team that, and then you've got a Penn team that comes in. Oh, by the way, on January second, that Penn team beat Villanova earlier this season. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not at all worried about coming to Auburn. Uh, so you got two. I think after Friday, you've got two games that you don't go out and take care of business. You could stub your toe. And then you start your conference year at Arkansas. Right. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, this is. Uh, but, but I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it because this is a this is a team where a player has an off night, and there are so many other options and so many different combos that uh, Bruce can put out there on the court. That it, you know. Yeah. It it hasn't really. I mean, you lost the we lost the App State game because it couldn't. Couldn't hit shoot. a shot. Couldn't Could not shoot. hit a shot. I mean, and if they'd shot other, other than Janai, if they if they hit twenty percent, right? If they had twenty percent of their threes. They beat App State, or you shoot seventy percent from the free yes. throw line. So I mean, it's not one right. where oh well, the whole you know, it's like um, that game wasn't winnable. That was about as poorly as Auburn can shoot, right? And and they still had a shot. So I agree. Um, and let me let me just say this as well about Sunday, since this is my my chance, my time to talk. Regardless of what the national talking heads said about the reason that there was a great atmosphere at, um, at, at Neville Arena, and, and, and listen, the LeBron James Jr. effect, yeah, there were folks that did come to see Bronny play or Isaiah Collier or Boogie Ellis. But that was Auburn's 43rd straight sellout. Right. 43 straight sellouts or sells out. I don't know. What, what's the proper way to put it? I think it's sellouts. Sellouts. All right, whether Bronny played in that game or not, that was going to be 
That was going to be a sellout. Right. And, and so don't, don't give me the brawny effect because of that. Now, were there some folks there that were excited to see him play? Sure, I wanted to see the young man play in, in, the, in the ball game. But, but that wasn't the reason that the atmosphere was there. That wasn't the reason that, that students came back. No, there were a lot of people that were there that couldn't have told you which one was exactly was, was brawny. They were there to watch Auburn play USC in basketball. Yep. Period. They were there to watch Auburn play basketball. And darn right they were. Yeah, so they got I, to see a pretty that, good game, that, too. You're absolutely right yeah. about that. And it's ridiculous that people would say that. Just check the numbers, like you said, on how easy it is to get a ticket to any game. Right. Here. Exactly. All right. 334 321 I'm off my high horse now. Oh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> okay. uh, how long are you with us today? I'm with you till 5 o'clock. All right. And we will. Uh, but we I don't will... want to take up time with Don. Get out of here. Oh, Don's oh, here for another hour. Okay, and good. he's here for the next two days. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. He didn't know that. Uh, he did. Yes, he did. I asked him, and he, and he said yes. Okay. And it's like, wow, I, I couldn't believe that. Right. Let's get to the uh, drive hotline, 334-321-1390. And Yellowhammer is up first. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon, guys. Uh, I got a question about Auburn's game with Maryland and the idea that some of our secondary won't be there. And so my, I'm just wondering about, Will, what is uh, Maryland's strengths and – uh, will they try to uh, take advantage of that situation? And should we, on the other hand, try to run the ball, shorten the clock, shorten the game, and uh, keep them on the bench, all that kind of thing? Well, I'll tell you one thing, and I'll let I'll turn it over to Andy here. Huge news yeah. today, Yellowhammer, regarding Auburn's opponent, Maryland. Yeah, and it, it was an announced, I guess, uh, and I'm not sure. I think it was announced before the press conference that, that Coach Loxley had with Maryland, but it's now known that that Talia Tungabaloa won't be playing in the game. The Big Ten's all-time leading passer, Maryland's all-time leading passer. I mean, he threw for 3,377 yards, 28 touchdowns or 25 touchdowns this year, 11 interceptions, and he will not play. He is opting out. Yeah, over 11,000 yards passing there at Maryland after he transferred from Alabama. Uh, Well, shucks. That would be fun to see. So so that – I think that changes – Maryland's obviously it changes Maryland's offense how much because now you're going to a guy named Billy Edwards and Cameron Edge their their next two quarterbacks coach Loxley in his press conference said that both will play yeah Billy Edwards had played a good bit more because because of Talia being banged up a little bit last year last year yeah he started he started two games a year ago including his game at Northwestern and he was um having trouble reading this here uh he was 18 of 28 for 166 yards and a touchdown in a start against Northwestern. He played much more last year than he did this year. Yeah, he this was, year, he's only 4 of 10 for two yards. from the field. And he has, but, but, get this, he also has a game where he had three touchdown runs, three one-yard touchdown runs. Now, I was talking to Johnny Holliday, who is the longtime play-by-play voice right. for Maryland and a guy that I've, I've listened to nationally for a long, long time. And he and I are going to – we're recording a podcast tomorrow, as a matter of fact. It's going to be our, our, our Christmas Day podcast with Johnny Holiday. And he told me – he, he told me he, he, was, he was not expecting Talia to play. But he said he believes that Edwards is the better runner than Talia. But it will be a, a – according to Coach Loxley, it's going to be a platoon with he and then Cameron Edge. What kind of running game do they have? 
Uh, Roman Hemby, uh, Antoine Littleton. I've, they run some, but I mean they have been a pass. They I mean, have been pass a throw, throw, throw team offense. Now that may change, and they've got some time to implement that. But they have been a very pass heavy offense with Talia at quarterback. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate the call. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad he called. We had not mentioned that yet today, but that is that is big big news with Auburn. Not having DJ James or Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen right. Simpson, trying to get back to full health. So I mean, that is uh, sort of evens things up a little bit. Auburn's going to have some young guys back there in the secondary, and Maryland's going to have, you know, not not going to have the proven commodity that they had in Talia Tungavailoa. Yeah, that's that's one of those traps, though. I mean, you go into that game and you think, well, oh. they don't have Talia. Oh, we've seen this before. Well, we saw it yesterday. We saw it yesterday with one of Coach Dunn's former teams uh, with a third or fourth string guy that goes out and leads a team back from 28 points down in, an, in a, uh, a bowl game in, in Western Kentucky, won in overtime against Old Dominion with, what, the third or the fourth string quarterback coach? Yes, uh, third string. Hadn't played much at all. Yeah. And was already in the transfer portal. Goodness gracious. Well, he probably made himself a little bit of money Well, I yesterday. told my buddies, I texted him last night, said, whatever little bit of money you have at Western, you better get it together. <laughs> I mean, that that may be something for uh, for, for uh, uh, athletes thinking about being in the portal. Um, you have an opportunity. You may have an opportunity to showcase your talents. Right. Uh, before you before you leave, right. yeah, he's a local kid right there. I think at Warren Central, and he's uh, a big kid, like six five. And uh, I didn't know anything about. Well, him. he had a fabulous game yesterday, though. No. My goodness, it was crazy to watch I, that I, one. I'd say, yeah, uh, if they have any resources, <laughs> that would be wisely right. spent in trying to keep him home. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Uh, Fun room here, Bill, Don Dunn, Andy Burcham. We got Drew at the controls. Come on in here on the Tuesday Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, with Drew at the controls here on this Tuesday edition. Love for you to join in. You can give us a call, as you just heard, on the Drive hotline presented by Skybar, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise. Andy, it's, uh, let's see, football bowl practice is going on. Tomorrow is the uh, first day of the early signing period. We've uh, found out, you know, who will not be participating. We talked about Talia Tungabailoa not being out there for Maryland. They have any other guys that have? There's uh, one more name, uh, Tarheeb Still. They're starting one of their starting cornerbacks. Hmm, okay. Had already declared for the NFL draft. They didn't know if he was going to opt out, and uh, I guess it's not completely uh, confirmed, but it doesn't look like he will be there. For Maryland, they lost a linebacker early to the transfer portal, but beyond that, I think they're 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 fine at this point. Auburn's situation is they're going to be very thin at receiver. Yes, having had the three or four players go into the portal from that position, and in the secondary, with um, both DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett um, opting out of the bowl game along with Marcus yeah. Harris. That that and that that leaves you a little bit thin. 
up front. Yes. Oh, for very. Auburn as well. I mean, now you had a couple of guys that didn't play much that had entered the portal, and then with Messiah Nasilakite already out, right? Uh, it, it's it's pretty darn thin up front there on the on the defensive line. It is. <laughs> I I mean I, I asked I asked Coach Freeze about I agree. that, <laughs> and he was like uh, Bobby Jamison Travis, yeah. uh, Darren Reed. I mean those are a couple of names. You know Bobby was a uh, a, a late uh, entry to camp from junior college, and then Darren was uh, being redshirted this year, but he can play in the bowl game. Right. I mean you've got that situation. That's one thing done. I'm glad they did change that. If they're going to say. You have you have a certain number of games before you redshirt. Then I'm glad at least it doesn't have to come early in the year anymore. You can play in as many as four games and still maintain that year of eligibility. Yeah, that's a real positive, uh, and I think it's a good rule. I really do uh, for situations like this. Now, in the past, when they had the old rule, you didn't have the portal, so you basically had your whole team and. A lot of kids did not opt out. Oh, no. That's, so, that's fairly recent. I think that is a very good rule. That's one thing they have done correct. Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to, to at least have someone to try to help out when you have players opt out um, of bowl games. Now, one thing I would love to have, and we'll get to Matt here in just a second. I'd love your thoughts on this, Don. I mean, I've been saying this for years. Jason Caldwell is also a proponent of this. I don't see why now that we're past uh, or we're this, I believe is about, we're about done with COVID years. Um, why, why shouldn't the NCAA just say everybody gets five years because your better players are going to try to move on to the NFL after three years anyway. And there's so many players that appreciate the opportunity to play as much as possible and to be able to get their degree, if not their graduate degree. Yeah, I agree. I think five-year plan would be excellent. That would be a good rule. And Um, you wouldn't have to worry about, did somebody play in three or four games one year or something like that? It's just everybody's got five to play five. That's sort of like the old days when the freshmen, remember, like in basketball, freshmen could not play. Right. Is that that correct? Well, there was freshmen ineligibility in all NCAA sports. Yeah, I think the five-year plan, like you said, Bill, is a great idea. And it should be done, yeah. Well, uh, the NCAA hasn't asked me, but that's uh, <laughs> that's that's it. It would just make sense. Let, let me go back to you. the first segment you guys were talking about and recruiting stories. I've got one for you, and it's in basketball. <laughs> Larry Chapman is the Talking Tigers podcast on January 8th. Mm-hmm. The former Auburn player, assistant coach, and Long then AUM's AUM coach. Right. And he's, he's going into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Yep. Two Auburn guys going in, Larry Chapman and Scott Sullivan this year. So Larry came in, and we, we recorded a podcast, and he's the one that recruited Henry Harris mm-hmm. to Auburn, Auburn's first African-American basketball player. And you were talking about making you know friends with a barber or yeah. a grandparent or something. He said when he went to recruit Henry Harris, um, he was in their home, and he fell asleep on the couch. He was tired. He'd been recruiting, and he took a little bit of a nap there on that day. And it made such an impression with Henry's mother, I believe, because some of the coaches coming in and recruiting an African-American didn't even sit on the furniture. Huh. And and Mar- or Larry was comfortable enough to sit down, not only sit down, but take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the reasons that Henry Harris ended up at Auburn. Uh, that's great. Great story. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get back to the uh, drive hotline. And Matt is up next. Hey, Matt. 
Hey, um, I got a couple quick questions. Um, we had, I think, three receivers who said they're going to the transfer portal. Can they still play in the game, or are they planning to play it? Because we were a little thin, I guess, at wide receiver if yeah. those guys are going to opt out. That's a two-part question. They can, but they're not. <laughs> that is um, correct. Yeah, the, those 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 receivers that have already declared that they're they're going to the transfer portal are are not going to be playing for Auburn, and and two of them uh, made some some strides with the Tigers this year. Jabarius Johnson, absolutely, he was and, Auburn's leading receiver, and Malcolm Johnson Jr., uh, yep. who at times was a factor for Auburn. But those are the two guys I think that 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 I think Auburn would have counted on in the bowl game if they if they had not already declared for the portal. Amari Kelly played a little bit for the Tigers. He's yeah. committed to Middle Tennessee already. Yeah, exactly. But so, yes, they um, can, but they are not. They're not. Okay. Right. And there was I think a recent um ruling by a judge that you could transfer twice. Yeah, I know right now you can get one free transfer and then a transfer if you have graduated. And so the sort of the handwriting on the wall sounds like to me that eventually you'll be able to transfer more than once. But is Robbie Asher just planning on trying to graduate and then pick a school once he's finished in the spring, or is he going to try to get a special waiver? I believe that Robbie's plan- Robbie is uh... – on track to graduate either this spring. He hopes that he graduates this spring. If not, he'd be able to do it in the first summer term. But by entering the transfer portal now, all right, the judge overturned the judge issued a temporary restraining order against the NCAA waiver last Wednesday. Uh, a week from tomorrow, on the twenty seventh, there there will be a hearing on that. If if that temporary restraining order is not overturned then all players will be able to transfer multiple times without having to get waivers. So it makes sense if you're planning on entering the transfer portal. You don't have to make a decision. You don't have to uh, decide your destination when you enter the portal. But it makes sense for players in Robbie's situation if you feel like you're going to be somewhere else next year to go ahead and let it be known. And you'll start hearing from schools and he very well may not have to wait until he graduates. I don't think that I, I'd be surprised. At least my feeling is I'd be surprised if that TRO's um, overturned. I think it's going to be upheld. The NCAA, I, do I don't too. think. I yeah. don't think the NCAA is going to win this in court. At least for this year. Yes. At least right. for the rest of this academic and athletic yep. year. So, so I would that that would probably mean Robbie would be able to go wherever right. and be able to play and next year. And I assume he's no longer going to be practicing. No, right. no he's no, it's okay. right right Thank now. It, it's Peyton. It. It's Peyton Thorm and and Holden Gurner. That's right. And Hank Hank Brown's number three. I right. guess exactly. <laughs> uh, appreciate the call, Matt. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yes, I mean uh, there are a couple of spots uh, you've got you you working on your. Uh, yeah, boy, this changes uh, every charts. day. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> every day this changes. <laughs> yeah. There could be so scratch that one. He's gone. Right. But I mean, with injuries and the transfer portal, yes, it has made things very. Uh, interesting for I'm sure for for many many schools yeah. we, we cover Auburn we talked about receivers uh, the secondary the defensive line I mean um, and and the other question I guess Yellowhammer asked a while ago is I was thinking with the receivers being sort of down and Maryland having Talia I thought well Auburn might run it and try to shorten the game I don't know now though that's a good question. I, I, how does 
his decision now being made known, Mm -hmm. does that affect Auburn's offensive game plan going in? Does it affect Auburn's defensive game plan going on? Or do you stay with what you've got? Because will will Maryland change things? It may not be as effective. Boy, I would think it might. I would think your defensive game plan, Don, don't you think that would change? I mean, now it's like, okay, prove you can beat us throwing the ball right. with this with, with another quarterback. Yeah, I think so, too. And like uh, Andy said, they'll go back and watch last year's tape of this quarterback. And, uh, yeah, it, it's got to change some because, you know, like you said before, this kid, he, was, he could throw it mm-hmm. all over the place. So that'll change. Transfer from Wake Forest. Is Edwards Edwards is a transfer from Wake Forest, and his, the other name, his, his all of his experience though has come at Maryland. Well, it's sort of like uh, Talia. I mean, he transferred from Alabama right. where he didn't play, and then became the Big Ten salt out league exactly. passer. Yeah, he, he played. He played plenty. Yeah. Now the edge is, is is that just is that a, a name that sounds like somebody else? I just feel like I've heard that name, Cam Edge. He's from uh, Clayton, Delaware. Well, probably I'm probably not familiar with. Uh, him, he was the number eleven ranked quarterback coming out of high school. Maybe that's what it is. Mike Loxley uh, has always did been not, a very good yeah, recruiter. Yeah, did not play yeah. as a true freshman. He is a redshirt freshman. Uh, he is two of three for 18 yards. I, for some reason, I I feel a little worried about him. He I, seemed, I think we're going to see he both. He seems like the guy that, that might be able to come in and sling I, it a little I bit. I think we will see both of these quarterbacks in the game. Now, listen, Auburn is going to run the football regardless. Right. Regardless of the opponent. And, you know, even if Jarquez decides he's going to go the NFL route, it sounds like Jarquez is still going to play yes. in this game. Auburn's tailback room is intact. Auburn's tight end room, other than Tyler Fromm, is intact. And those guys are all coming back next season. Uh, so I, th- I do think Auburn and, and Auburn's offensive line is intact, at least for this game. For the game. For the bowl game. I talked with Gunnar Britton today. Uh, those those guys are going to be and and Auburn will have both um, both Avery Jones and Connor Liu at the center spot and available. Right, and Cam Stutz has had a little time to exactly. to try to get healthier, Talk, and he really wants he really wants yesterday. to go out with a bang. Yeah, and listen, I mean Auburn's last bowl win was that win against Purdue in the in the 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 game following the night or the 2018 season. Uh, Auburn, I think, is not that they weren't before. I think there is added importance on playing well and winning and, this game. Well, you don't want to have you don't want to have another sub five hundred season. I know. I mean, there there's so many things good. Auburn. I mean, right now the momentum is definitely, you know, positive. Well, and and and, and, and listen for let let's, let's let's look at a Peyton Thorn. I mean, your head coach has basically said we're not going after another man. quarterback. You're our guy with better pieces. For next season, you you I've, to me, if I'm Peyton Thorn, I want to go out and show out in this game. Show them that yeah, my coach is right. I am the guy at the quarterback spot uh, for Auburn, and so I, I all indications are Auburn goes into this game all in mm-hmm. to to win this Music City Bowl. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, that's a vote of confidence for the young man when when Coach Freeze. Says I'm your uh, quarterback. Well, Don, just think back to the 2003 season. I mean, oh. to you know, we we thought that that was going to be a big year. It starts off with the loss to USC and to Georgia Tech, right. and then 
that team was playing much better at the end, and we know about all the this right. drama yeah. with with the Alabama game. You guys yeah. went and and won that game and won it handily. Yes, Bill, I remember you and I doing the 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 post game talk show that day. Yep, uh, from a barbecue restaurant that's no longer there here in town, <laughs> uh, and and we're like, you know, this is this is some momentum. For this team, literally we know. Forward, literally yes. we know that that next team would, right. would go undefeated through the season. Yeah, we were on a mission, no doubt, that year. Everybody from the coaches on down, we uh, we were out to prove something because I think we were ranked pretty high going into the season. Yep. And we kind of stumbled around and fumbled around and with all the off-the-field stuff. But, yeah, I, I look for Auburn to play really well in this game. And uh, I think that quarterback uh, is going to do a good job for us, too, because – that is a heck of a vote of confidence because mm-hmm. all you heard all year, we got to get a quarterback out of the portal and all that stuff. So I think they're going to play well. I really do. We'll get to our final break of hour number one, our final uh, segment with Andy. Jay, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Experience and knowledge from the Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of the Tuesday Drive. And let's get right to the drive hotline. And Jay is up first. Hey, Jay. Hey, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone in the booth. Absolutely. Happy Holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, two, part, uh, two, two different questions. One question, what is the momentum like coming in tomorrow as we go fishing with new recruits? That's the first question. How do you think will be the outcome tomorrow getting some good players coming, on to, uh, coming in as freshmen? And the other question is, and I would like to ask everyone in the in the room, if you were to compare the 2019 team that went to the Final Four with this team, because this team is playing great basketball, what would be the comparison? From a basketball perspective, Jay, I think if there is a similarity between those two teams, 19 and this year, that 19 team got better as the year went on and was playing its best basketball, obviously, by the end of that season. I don't. I think the ceiling on this team is very, very high. We've I not agree. seen the. We've not seen this team play its best basketball yet. Um, now, they're not the same style team. That that nineteen team could shoot the three and just shoot lights Light out. Up. Yep. From the three, this team I think is deeper. I think this team, with its second wave or second five, wherever you want to call it, we do need to come up with a good name for that group. There, there's no, there's no drop off at all. None. No, it's almost as though the energy exactly takes a, you know, so bump. I, I, I do think, and 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 remember that that nineteen team was not highly thought of before the year was either. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think there are some similarities, although their style of play I think is a bit different. Uh, but but let me tell you, if you continue to get point guard play from Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson like this through SEC play like this, watch out. Watch out because when it comes to postseason, guard many, play. many times guard play and specifically oh, yes. point guard play determine it. Now, as far as the, the momentum, it sure feels like everything is positive for Auburn going in. I mean, we're um, – 
I don't think there are huge concerns about the players that are committed. I mean, Perry Thompson's the name everybody's talked about. Boy, he if if he does flip, it's going to be a uh, uh, that that's going to be a big that's going to be a big slap. But I mean, it just doesn't feel like it. He has continued to be at at every be at Auburn every opportunity that he's had, and uh, these this staff has worked. I mean, they have worked and worked and worked, and it's just it's very hard to find anything negative about what they've been doing and the responses from the players that have been here. Now they're not going to get everybody. Uh, we'll, we'll go into a little detail in hour number two about the possibilities there and where they might go if they don't come to Auburn. But right now it looks like, it looks like they're going to hang on to the guys that they have, which would probably put them right around the top 10 and, uh, add a player or two that could uh, bump them up closer to the top five and, and, and nothing but, uh, nothing but positives right now, but the later the night goes, Don, you know this, as it turns dark on the night before signing day morning, uh, things things can get a little tense. Yes, uh, the coaches won't sleep much tonight. <laughs> There'll be a lot of late texts, even though you try to respect the young man and not text after, you know, or call a certain amount after a certain time. But, yeah, but right now I think everything's positive. I'm very impressed how some of the parents have responded about the in-home visits, mm-hmm. how comfortable they feel, how they like the coaches, and that's so important. And like we talked earlier, uh, building the relationships and keeping them. I'd be shocked if we had a big, big turnover uh, at this hour. Andy, it's uh, and time has has flown here this it afternoon. Has. Like we said, it's it is a busy time. Yeah. Let let folks know what. Uh, I mean, you mentioned one of the special shows you've got coming up. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be on the 29th, the night before the uh, the Music City Bowl. We'll be at the Iron Horse Cafe starting at 7:30 with a special edition of Tiger Talk. Of course, we've got Alabama State basketball Friday night, women's basketball tomorrow at two against Washington, uh, and then I hope everyone has a very safe and merry Christmas, gentlemen. Same to you, you, you and too. Jen. All right, Andy. thank yep. you. We are out of time here for hour number one. Specter, hopefully, did he hang up? Specter, sorry, yeah, I wanted to give you enough time. We just ran out of time there in hour number one. We've got another hour to go, though, here on the Tuesday Drive. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Our thanks to Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, joining us for most of hour number one. Hour number two is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'd love for you to join in here in hour number two on signing day eve. We'll run down Auburn's commitments and the players that they are still in the hunt for as we head into tomorrow, uh, as we head in tomorrow morning's um, 
signing day. It is the early signing period. It'll run through Friday, but most of the top players will make their decisions uh, known here over the next couple of days, most of them by midday tomorrow. Um, and you can uh, join us by giving us a call on the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. That number is 334-321-1390. Or text us on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. Let's get right to the phones because we didn't have time enough to uh, get to Spectre in hour number one, but he's back with us getting things started here in the second hour. Hey, Spectre, how you doing today? I'm pretty good. How you guys doing? Doing good. All right. Uh, you say when does the portal close now? Actually, the portal doesn't close until January the 3rd. Okay. So, I mean, players can enter it anytime up until January 3rd, and then they'll, they've got another 15 days starting May 1st that they can enter the portal. Is there a reason, do you know of, that Robbie decided to do this before the bowl game? Uh, I think it's just because he, he, he felt like, um, you know, coming down the stretch, he wasn't getting much playing time. And so just decided to go ahead and uh, put his name out there. Yeah, well, I think Coach Freeze has painted himself into a corner until he gets a quarterback that's developed to play. Because right now, I'm waiting. This game is going to be crucial to Peyton Thorne because all I've heard all year long was he was looking over his shoulder to see when he was going to get pulled out. That, that wasn't the reason at all. Everybody was saying that, but that's not the reason. The reason is because he just couldn't make decisions, right decisions on the field. I mean, running out of bounds one yard before the, the, the yard marker, stuff like that, and just folding his tent in the middle of the pocket. You know, and now here we are down to, to our third-string quarterback, which some people say he was actually our second-string quarterback, but he has absolutely little playing time at all. So I think Freeze has just got to the point now he's got to rely on Peyton Thorne for, to be the quarterback. I th well, he seems to be very comfortable in doing so, uh, Spectre. I mean, he talked a good bit about that on, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, this, this is his guy. And you're right, he's riding with him now. The thing is, it's going to be a little difficult to expect phenomenal numbers when you, you don't have your top receiver in Javarius Johnson who's gone into the portal. And you've had some other guys – um, but look, this is the way I look at it. You know, this is to me, this is just a an extra exhibition game, if you will. Uh, we need to get our next year players ready to play, and if that means putting Gurner into the ball game and and start working him, I, I mean, how much is this game worth to us? That does the winner get so much money and the losers get less? No, winner? you know, and, and we, it's funny, Spectre, that you mentioned that. I thought that might be a little more incentive to get some of the guys that are opting out if you did something like that, like the way it used to be for, for NFL playoffs when it used to really mean more. But, uh, no, I mean, they are th – this is going to be uh, a game that, that is important for next year, and, and Peyton's the guy for next year. Yeah, I understand Peyton's going to be the guy for next year, but we've seen all we can see of Peyton this year. He ain't going to get any better in one more game. So I'm saying we need to get Gurner in there and get him some playing time, get him ready for next year. I mean, he may not be the guy. He may he may be Peyton out in the spring, but who knows? But you got we got we know we got White coming in. White may be both of them out. Yeah, it, uh, but we, if if Peyton Thorne gets hurt in this game. I mean, we're down to a quarterback that's had nine 
nine nine nine attempts at passing. Well, we saw. I mean, we saw last night a situation like that. You've got a situation with Maryland. Uh, has got a situation like that now for the bowl game, and that's that's one of the things that is so interesting about bowl games is you don't know. Maybe somebody will get an opportunity that that nobody had uh, even thought about all year. Yeah, there'll be some. Yeah. I'm sorry, there'll be some opportunities. You know, the nice thing they've had extra practices, which this other young man's going to get a lot more reps and practice sure. with, with its two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that uh, Peyton's going to be able to manage the game and do a, a good job for us. And I'm sure, Coach, if he has a chance, we'll play the other young man. Appreciate the call, Specter. We've got a full bank of phone calls: three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and Chris is up next. Hey, Chris. Yes, good afternoon, guys. I I was just following up on Specter's call um, about this bowl game being meaningless. Was that New Mexico State game meaningless to Auburn? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I don't think so. We're sitting here at a 6-6 and record. You damn right it's meaningful. It means that we've got a winning record. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a difference in having a winning or a losing record in Auburn looking for their their first winning record in three years. I mean, that's that's exactly. crazy, isn't it? I agree with you. And you know what? And and that's the one thing I hated about Gus. What was his record in these dang ball games? Wasn't it was very terrible. Good. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It was terrible. If if Gus had beaten Georgia about two more times in one about three more of the bowl games, he'd probably be still coaching for us. I mean, I'm just so sick of hearing these bowl games don't mean anything. They keep them in the dang record books, don't they? Yeah, they do. Here's the thing you got to remember, though, Chris. I mean, uh, I, I may not feel that way, of course, but it has made it much more difficult now, when you ha- now that you have the playoffs, especially that the playoffs are going to 12 teams that you right. have – you have so you know the fan bases that just feel like well it doesn't matter if you're not in those bowl games it doesn't matter uh, Don you and I can remember when it was a big deal to just make a bowl when there weren't thirty something bowl games and and everybody with a five hundred record could get into a bowl it used to take something to get to a bowl game and because everybody didn't get to go you were you know. You were being rewarded, and and your t- and your players got and your fans got to take trips, hopefully, to a place where they weren't that familiar with. Right, I agree with you, Chris. Uh, I'm like you. I get tired of hearing about how this doesn't matter, how it doesn't count. If you're a competitor and you're an athlete and you're wearing uh, our colors, darn right, you better go out and play your butt off and try to win and beat the heck out of Maryland. So I expect us to play well. We're going to have a great crowd, no doubt. And uh, I'm like you. I, I've always believed in the bowl system, uh, and I don't like the opting out and the people not playing. I think it's a disgrace. I think it's a letdown for the team and their teammates. So I'm all with you, Chris, on this. Well, Coach, that's why I always liked you. I wish we had more like you on the staff and around the program right now. Well, Amen. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Chris. And and the other thing, and, and again, I don't, I, uh, I, I don't want to start a you know create a firestorm or anything. But let's face it, a lot of a, a lot of younger fans, it's win it all or you're a loser, 
Right. And and that's where that's that that if you don't win it all, you're you're a loser mentality sort of leads into well the Nice Bowls games mean nothing because you're not playing for a championship. Right. That's, and that's a shame. Yeah. That's true though. You're exactly right. Uh, it's changed. It really has, and it's unfortunate because you know. If I'm a player, like I said, which I'm not, uh, I would like to play in a bowl game. Well, you've got a situation. Uh, Auburn's in a little bit different situation than some teams that are that have similar records. Uh, if if you're a team, you know Auburn two and three years ago it used to you know expecting and maybe not not even being satisfied with winning eight, and then you barely qualify for a bowl game. And you're headed to Birmingham. It's tough to tough yep. to be real fired up about that. Yes. But when you didn't even make a bowl game last year, and you haven't had winning records for a couple of years, you don't have any players on this team who've ever won a bowl game, and you've got some younger players that haven't been in a bowl game. So it means a little more to them. Now, that's not to say that you're going to uh, that this isn't going to be something that will. Um, be as exciting next year if you go back out there and go six and six. But this is, it feels like this is a step in the right direction. We talked about momentum a while ago with Andy, and you feel like you're gaining momentum. Well, you you need a win to continue that momentum. You, you, you hope you, you, hope you uh, have a lot of momentum tomorrow through signing day, and, and then you bring in some more uh, additions through the transfer portal, and then if you get a win in the bowl game, man, everything is clicking, and you you feel like, yeah, we're, we're we're on the right track. The next step is a bigger year next year. Exactly, I agree a hundred percent, Bill. Uh, winning makes things so much better. <laughs> no, no question about that. All right, we'd love to hear from you. As I said, we'll uh, we'll look at Auburn's commitments thus far. We'll get uh, some more thoughts. I want to get uh, Don to think about some more of those signing day or leading up to signing day memories because, uh, yeah, we, we go back to the, to the days when I remember when players would just disappear. Yeah. Uh, the, the day or two before signing day and coaches would be frantically trying to find what happened to so-and-so, where did he go? And it turns out, oh, he's been, he's been visiting someone uh, – at, at the and you, well you didn't never know for sure but usually it seemed like at the expense of of someone who was on the other side exactly uh and and also remember bill when i first started before cell phones so you're jumping oh, out of the yes car, you're on the side of the road trying to at a pay phone and half <laughs> the time didn't even work freezing your butt off and trying to figure out where's joe at Where, why is he not home he's supposed to take my call and uh, yeah, it was very interesting. And the camping out, you know, outside the guy's house. And- we're there. We're there. Uh, I'd love. I'd, I'd love a story if you've got one or a memory of being at. Uh, I mean, you can give me the good and the bad or whatever. If you're camped out at a at a player's place or when he's making his announcement, and the. The thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Oh, yeah, no doubt. We can talk it was, about that. Is, is, there, is there a player or two well, that comes to mind? When I was at Montana State, I was recruiting a little running back out of Oregon, Salem, Oregon. Good player, you know, for that level, one double A back then. Sure. And uh, our rival, Montana, 
we were both parked outside the house, and we had to wait till 8 o'clock uh, that morning. So we're having kind of a stare down. And I knew the guy real well, so it wasn't like we were going to get in a fist fight, I, I don't think. But luckily, the young man signed with us. And so I went in, signed him, got his papers, walked out, and the other guy went in behind me. So that was pretty funny. So I don't know how he responded because I left. Wow. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, I remember and uh, I, I remember driving over to Central High School when, uh, when, when, when James Joseph and Ed King were making their decisions. And there were coaches there. Uh, Bud Casey and I'm trying to remember who the other Auburn coach was there. There were two Alabama coaches. There were two Georgia coaches and there were two Florida coaches. I mean, there were coaches from four schools there. And I remember Bud thinking that Bo Peep, James Joseph Mm -hmm. was not coming Auburn's way. Because he was sweating and cussing <laughs> yeah, outside, yeah. but trying to keep, you know, um, when 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 yeah. the families and stuff would see him, right. trying to keep up the the calm, cool yeah. uh, outside look. But man, he was not happy. And both those guys uh, announced Auburn. I mean, I, I Bud. I mean, he had he had he had. I think he'd already had one knee surgery or a hip or something. I mean, he looked like a basketball player that could have. You know, did a standing, uh, a dunk from standing flat-footed. Right. He jumped that high. But I can just remember the other coaches. Mm-hmm. I looked, and the other six coaches, just like, not a word. It was just like, turn out the door and gone. Right. Because they, they knew they wasted their time that day, and I don't know how much time they had spent on those guys leading up to it. And to see them go yeah, another way. Like you said, it's the uh, thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And it's it's devastating when you put that much time and effort and your heart into it. And, and, of, and, of course, since then, I mean, I think some of those things and the way that players would sort of disappear, a coach would go uh, visit them and all of a sudden nobody else could find them. That's one of the reasons there's a dead period which started Sunday night at midnight and goes up until Friday morning. Yeah, and they used to have the only one phone call after that time, right. too. And so you just prayed that you got that last call in or that last lick. And uh, I remember staying at uh, a, a young man's house up until almost midnight on Sunday night, mm-hmm. just sitting there with the To dad, be the last one. To be the last one. And, uh, you know, Deuce McAllister, when I was at Ole Miss, I was fortunate enough to sign him and battling Jackie Sherrill. Cause oh, man. The team doctor that the, the the high school that Deuce McAllister attended uh, was named after Mississippi State's team doctor. So that doctor had taken care of Deuce McAllister's whole family. And I think he delivered Deuce. Mm. And when I when he committed to Ole Miss, and you still guy, got him. And the guy wow. just the guy just disowned him. It was crazy. Oh, I'm, I'm, there have been some crazy crazy things right. that happened around recruiting. We need to get to our first break. Of hour number two, we'll run down the commits, the possibilities, and get your phone calls as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive. Attention, large Mud and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390, toll free at 888 382 7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into The Drive. 21 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. First of three days, if he can stand it, with uh, Coach Don Dunn here with me in the studio. Uh, man, it's, it's great. I, I, I really appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you, Bill. And like I said, I really enjoy it, and I hope I don't wear out my welcome. Well, no, and, uh, I mean, the thing is, you've got – you have insight <laughs> to some of these things. When we're talking recruiting especially, hey, uh, there, 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 aren't many, there aren't many folks that, that have been on the road recruiting and uh, having to, uh, you know, go through the ups and downs that there are uh, leading up to the signing day. And I hate to say I, but I have been at every level doing it, you know, from junior college to 1AA to Division One, and every story and every situation is different yeah. financially, your resources. You know, it's a heck of a lot easier to recruit at a great school and, and the facilities, and, but I've had to recruit at some junior colleges where we didn't have, you know, enough money to even go out on the road hardly. So, <laughs> oh, gee. a lot of interesting stories. No question. Let's get back to the drive hotline, and Alan is up next. Hey, Alan. Hey, guys. I have a question for the coach, if you don't mind. Uh, a lot of times when we're watching games on TV, you hear commentators say, well, you, you can't coach that, you know, whether whether it's vision for a running back or just timing for a wide receiver. I wonder if the coach done subscribes to that to that, and especially with regards to the, maybe the quarterback position. Great question, Alan. I think you know everybody has God-given talents, you know, abilities. I think you can coach and try to put them in a proper situation to succeed. But some guys just have it, and some guys don't. Athletically, uh, you know, uh, mentally. But um, I think you have to coach every one of them hard, fundamentally and sound. But some of them are just better athletes. And like my grandfather always said, uh, you know, a, a donkey's never won the Kentucky Derby. So the better horses you have, the better you are. So if you get a guy that, you know, just maybe doesn't have it, do you – I mean, you still have to try. But, I mean, do you, do you know that – just try harder? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, efforts – uh, you know, to me, I've always been an effort guy. I'll take effort uh, probably 95% of the time over talent. But you just keep coaching them, Alan, and, and and hopefully you get them in the right situation where they can take care of their uh, athletic ability and, and let it shine. Okay. Because, I mean, like, like the, the current – I hate to go keep going back to Thorne, but I mean, sometimes he just didn't throw the ball when he – he could have thrown the ball. I mean, what what do you, what do you do in as a coach? Well, you know, Alan, I've never been a quarterback coach, but I, I think know. I, I know. think you just have to keep putting him in situations in practice. Maybe uh, you know, take some things off his plate where he doesn't have to think so much. And maybe Bill can answer some of this. Uh, I think experience. You know, the SEC is a whole different league than where he yeah. came from. The speed. Uh, you know, the secondary in the SEC, the linebackers, the D-linemen, the speed of the game. But I think he got better. I really do. Yeah, I, that, that's the thing I was going to say, Alan. I, I really felt that down the stretch you didn't see as many of the uh, times where it's like, why didn't he do that? I think part of that is just chemistry with the receivers. I also think that Coach Freeze uh, at times wanted to caution people from putting it on the quarterback saying the receivers weren't necessarily where they were supposed to be. If 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 you put yourself in a quarterback's uh you know in a quarterback's head and you go back and you expect to see someone someone 
in a certain place and they're at a different place, even if they're open, it would still make you pause. You'd have to then readjust and try to see, could you get the ball there? But that's sort of the feeling yeah. I got. I, I don't know. And again, I, I haven't coached. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night either. A Holiday Inn uh, yeah, Express last night. But that's the feeling that I got from some of the things that Coach Freeze was telling us, you know, especially down the stretch. Yeah, I agree with you, Bill. Uh, so many times when a quarterback looks bad, it's because of the people around him and they're running the wrong route. They're cutting it short. They're not, they're not you know, taking the right break. They're not going to be where he thinks they're going to be. And the offensive line has to hold up. There's so many things that go in. And that's a tough position, uh, you know. To be a quarterback in this league, you got to be special. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Alan. Tell you what, we'll start. Let me let me start just uh, going through. I know I've I've mentioned I was going to do this a few times, but just wanted to go through the the players Auburn's expecting to sign tomorrow, uh, and we'll go by position. Quarterback Walker White has been committed for for quite a while. The uh, the four star out of Little Rock, um, uh, Auburn. As Andy said, I mean, Jarquez today said he hasn't made up his mind. I mean, he he might – he's definitely eligible to, uh, to to move on, but he hasn't made up his mind, but he's planning on playing in the bowl game and having a big game. But the rest of the running back room is back, and because of that, Auburn has not recruited a running back for this year. They're very, very much uh, recruiting uh, Alvin Henderson, the outstanding running back from South Alabama, for next year. At receiver, Auburn already has um, four outstanding commitments. Cam Coleman from Central and Phoenix City. Perry Thompson from Foley. Uh, he is, you know, he's the player that there's been some buzz on social media. I, I haven't been able to get any anyone at Auburn to really express concern. So, I mean, it is social media. So, take it for, take it, you know, for what it is. Bryce Kane. Uh, the, the speedster out of South Alabama, and Malcolm Simmons, the outstanding athlete from Alex City, who had a big 88-yard touchdown yeah. catch in the uh, Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. Now, Ryan Williams, who we've talked about, has said he's going to wait until his birthday, and that's February 9th, which would be the third day of the spring uh, or the second signing period. Tight end, uh, Auburn has had a commitment for a long time from Martavius Collins, but it looks like he's probably headed to either UTEP or Austin P. I think that is a mutual uh, decision there. Auburn's got, as Andy also mentioned, the tight end room is back with the exception of Todd Fromm, so there's really not a need there. On the offensive line, uh, Auburn has um, DeAndre Carter, the four-star out of California, committed. Seth Wilfred uh, today was named first-team junior college All-American. He is, he's going to be signing with Auburn. And there are a couple of other offensive linemen they've been recruiting. Cohen Eccles had been committed to Texas A&M. Um, he visited LSU this past weekend. Uh, it looks like Texas A&M is out. Uh, Auburn would really like to bring in Cohen Eccles, a four-star um, offensive lineman. We'll just have to wait and see. I, I, I don't know, you know, don't know which way to really feel. Uh, although LSU is closer to home, so – they may have the edge, and they got the last shot. Right. Um, and then Favor Edwin is a guy that uh, Auburn – Auburn was really first on him. He is a large – I mean, 6'8", 340-pound <laughs> lineman from McDonough, Georgia. Auburn was first on him. Alabama got in on him. And a lot of people seem to feel that he's going to wind up with Alabama. 
But I still wouldn't be stunned right. uh, at, at, at Auburn getting, getting him. So those are the guys on the offensive side of the ball. Tell you what, I know we're on the coming up on – well, we've got enough time. I'm going to go ahead and hit the uh, defensive guys that are committed and that Auburn's in on on the defensive line. Auburn with a, uh, a really good um, start on the defensive line with Malik Blockton, Marcus Harris's younger brother from Pike Road, T.J. Lindsey, a uh, big uh, nose guard out of uh, Bryant, Arkansas, who uh, played at IMG. They've had a commitment out of Dimitri Nicholas. I'm hearing, you know, some not so sure on on that one, and that could be another one of those mutual type decisions. Auburn hoping to get the flip from Amaris Williams, who has been a commitment to Florida. He's a, a big defensive end, strong side defensive end out of Clinton, North Carolina. And then L.J. McCray uh, is a longtime Florida commitment out of, out of Daytona Beach, who Florida was his favorite team growing up. And Auburn has really worked to try to get L.J. Billy Napier has had some players uh, defect and decommit, but I still think Florida may be tough to beat there, but don't count Auburn out on him. And uh, so, I mean, Auburn looking to add some more spots there on that defensive line. Auburn done with an outstanding linebacker class. Demarcus Riddick out of Clanton, uh, Joe Phillips out of Tuskegee, DJ Barber out of Pinson, and then Jamonte Waller is an edge or an outside linebacker and uh, the number one or two player out of the state of Mississippi. That is a yeah. great linebacker class. No doubt. So I, I don't think they'll be adding any more linebackers there. At uh, corner, Auburn has a commitment out of Jalen Crawford, out of Lilburn, and uh, Auburn's got more corners returning. So, uh, I mean, they, they're, they, they may look at a corner in the portal. I mean, A.J. Harris is a guy we've talked about there, but there, there's no they don't have to do anything at least right now. At safety, Auburn has um, three or four guys that could be safeties or nickels and Amon Lane out of Moody. Uh, uh, Caleb Harris out of uh, Thompson in, uh, in Alabaster. Laquan Robinson, who's originally from Greenville, played at Holmes Community College. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kinsley Fauston out of Naples. And, and Auburn, Florida State, and it appears Georgia are really uh, you know, battling for K.J. Bolden, who's been committed to Florida State for quite a while. He's out of Buford. Man, there's so many talented athletes seems like coming through Buford. I heard today that after um, uh, Rayola, the quarterback, decommitted from Georgia and committed to Nebraska where his uncle's the offensive line coach, um, <laughs> that Georgia now has more uh, NIL money that they can try to keep K.J. Bolden in state. They've had some players go into the transfer portal. NIL plays a big deal, a big deal, and don't think that – at la- at the last minute, everybody is letting the top uncommitted or flip possibilities know that there might be a little extra available for them if they come their way. Yeah, no doubt, Bill. I, I would say there's a lot of phone calls tonight uh, up in the ante, <laughs> and uh, it's legal. Yeah, I it mean, is. That's uh, the thing. I mean, you used to joke about yeah. that or, you know, <laughs> snicker, but, hey, that, it is yeah. what it is now. It, it's a strange deal. <laughs> All right, we'll get to our bottom-of-the-hour break. Did we lose Jerry? Yeah. Jerry, if you get a chance, give us a call back. But I wanted to run that down because I've been trying to get to it for about an hour and a half. Love to hear from you as we head into the final half hour of the Tuesday Drive.
24-7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 20 minutes or so here on this Tuesday evening. Bill, Coach Don Don here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And we ran down the uh, the players that Auburn has commitments from and the ones, I mean, there could be, there could be somebody else, I guess, out there. Um, there really hasn't been much buzz about them, but that doesn't always, I mean, boy, you guys, Don, I mean, had, had you had the uh, um, reputation of all of a sudden on signing there, there'd be, oh, here's a name we didn't know. Uh, and, and talk about that. I mean, when, when you're doing that as fans and the media, you look at it and you think, well, were they able, they were able to keep that one on the, you know, on the, on the hush. And it might be sometimes, especially a player who is from an area that is predominantly another school. Yeah. Right. Uh, sometimes, like you said, you didn't want, anybody to know you were on the verge of getting a kid or recruiting a kid that hard and you try to shuffle it around where well we're recruiting him but we're really not recruiting him because a lot of times back in the old days before all the social media when you'd go to a, a school or, or recruit somebody you would un- find out that well this coach from you know Alabama's here from Georgia well this kid must be pretty good so I better get on him so you kind of want to keep it in the in the in the side door if you could, but that always didn't happen. Nowadays, it's hard to hide anybody with social media. And, oh yeah, and, yeah, and, it's, and it's, what's going on? Yeah, that that's things have changed a lot. Everybody knows everybody, and everybody can get the information almost immediately. We're checking to see if we can get what we get. We got carried away there when I was doing the thing at the bottom of the hour, and went right past the the normal time where we normally check in with Jake Crane. Right. So we're going to see if we can get Jake on, get his thoughts here on the eve of signing day. We will. Uh, we'll just have this one final segment here that we'll be able to carry it up. But yeah, I was running down everybody that. That Auburn, I wanted to make sure we got that in before the kids start signing tomorrow, but uh, but yes, it is it is going to be a wild night, no question, um, as as coaches and fans and some members of the media even on on pins and needles. Yeah, sorry about that, uh, Jake. I, we were, I was trying to run down. I'd been trying for about an hour and a half. Just to run down the the players that were committed, and it, and then uh, Auburn was in in on. We had to get to a break, got a little late, but yeah, this is a fun night. I mean, we're six days away from Christmas, but it's Christmas Eve for uh, football programs. Oh, without a doubt, number one, it's it's totally fine, Bill. I, I I totally get it. I know how it goes, but yeah, I I mean, I I'm going to start off tomorrow's show with I believe that National Signing Day should be a holiday. Uh, I believe they should move it to a Friday. Uh, let's, let's get the date. If we got to move it up a little bit or, or, you know, kind of work it back a little bit, obviously past Christmas, I think putting it in January wouldn't be a horrible idea because this is the new signing day. Right. But, uh, tomorrow may be the most, I, I don't know. What do you think, Bill? What day do Americans get less work done? Do they get less work done on national signing day 
do they get less work done in the, the first couple of days of the for, NCAA? Yeah, tournament? first Are couple first of days of March Madness, Madness maybe, because yeah. that, that one carries over for a couple of days. Because, you know, on signing day, it's usually by early afternoon, most everything's done. Yeah, and, and look, I, I tell you what's crazy. We had Tom Luganville on, on Cranny Company earlier today, and, and he was talking about the amount of, of non-committed high school players is at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about why that is, uh, a lot of spots are filling up because you can play 12 years in college football now. <laughs> right? You can Seems like it. Nine different times in the transfer portal. So high school guys are losing spots. Yep. JUCO guys are lo- losing spots. Prep school guys are losing spots. So a lot of these kids are committing early. And they're smart to do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I see a, a decent amount are around lunchtime now. I remember, you know, not, not even 10 years ago, everybody pretty much did it early in the morning. Right. Yeah, I got Coach Don Dunn back with me in the studio today. Dan's got uh, uh, basketball here for the next few days. One of the, uh-huh. things, one of the things we were uh, talking about, uh, I heard earlier someone speculating that he didn't think there'd be nearly as many flips now with NIL, I, I'm on the other side of that fence. I think there might be more just because people know exactly what they have coming down the stretch and making last minute uh, up upping the offers at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not a, a business savant or, or an accountant by any means, but I would think when you add money to the situation, to negotiations, you, you know, not like there was never money involved before, but <laughs> you legalize NIL – uh, I would think the the amount of flips would go up. I think there would be more action, not less action. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the sides of when you get in a, a bidding war between NIL collectives uh, or whatever, between you know the powers that be, the people that have the most money, yeah, I think there's going to be a couple more flips. Yeah, because I was, I was uh, hearing some stuff today that, that Georgia now with Rayola uh, headed to Nebraska may have more available to try to get K.J. Bolden to come their way. But look, I mean, again, it's a budget, right? And, and uh, with Carson Beck coming back, I obviously think that had something to do with it a little bit. Um, you know, Raul obviously has family connections to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's one less check that you have to write, which, you know, it's like when a guy leaves, it opens up a scholarship, opens up another spot for somebody else. Uh, it's like that in, in the world of NIL. So, yeah, which to me furthers the point that you're going to get more flips because if you get one flip, then you may get another flip, then you may get another flip, and it just turns into a gymnastics meet. <laughs> Talking with Jake Crane of Crane & Company here on the Tuesday Drive. And, Jake, you've been a, you've been, you know, a Hugh Freeze supporter from the get-go. Uh, when, when the job opened, you said, that's the guy. Um, he is so refreshing the other day when he met with the media for the first time since the end of the season, um, he, he, was, he talked about uh, not being thrilled with the way he's handled the portal because he's put so much emphasis on high school. And, but you're seeing that now. And I was asked a little earlier about the momentum that Auburn has. Just love to get your thoughts on um, this, this first class as we're here on the eve of it for Auburn. Well, look, I, I think even even with uh, you know the kind of letdowns that we had at, at the end of the year with obviously New Mexico State and and then the Alabama game, which you know I wish one of the guys from Men in Black could just come neuralize me so I could forget that one. Uh, but when you look at this class, I mean, I don't know how you can't look at Auburn right now, even if, even without you know biased glasses, and say you feel pretty good about the future, 
even though the transfer portal hasn't really been a lot of home runs for them, and I guess the worry is, and I think this may be kind of what he was alluding to, was nowadays with the transfer portal, I mean, heck, you recruit and develop a player for a couple of years, and then they hop in and they're gone uh, when you could have used, you know, uh, somebody that was kind of more of a proven commodity in that spot to maybe give you a chance to have a better record the couple of years before when you had the young guy, when you were trying to develop them. But I can understand how it's hard to get out of the thinking, not that you need to get out of it, of, hey, I just want to develop a bunch of high school players, get a couple transfer portal guys, and we'll build a great program. It seems the mix may be a little bit different. It may be a little bit more balanced, closer to 50-50, but we don't know that because i got to watch how this Lane Kiffin experiment turns out. Then I'll have a better idea. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, Lane uh, continues to uh, to be the portal king, or I said at least royalty. Yesterday, they keep reeling them in. It looks like they're in great shape for Walter Nolan. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I, obviously, the, typically the team with the best players wins the game. I, I get that, right? And experience is the unteachable and tangible. But I think there is something to be said. Not saying you can't go have a great year, one great year. I just don't know if you can maintain a high level of success when you're just turning over the roster every year in the game of football. You know, it's because you're dealing with so many moving organisms at once how you're able to build that chemistry. You know, a lot of people looked at Colorado earlier in the year, and they're like, oh, my goodness, it can be done. It can be done. And then we know what happened, you know, towards the end of the year. So nobody's really done it yet. You can do it in basketball because the roster's smaller and it's a totally Mm -hmm. different game. Individuals can win a basketball game. In football, you can't do that. So, yeah, it's great. They're getting all these great players. I saw Texas A&M sign a bunch of great players. The only difference is those kids were coming out of high school and hadn't developed yet, and you're getting guys that you know uh, pretty much what they can do. So, I mean, we'll see. Who knows? I'm just glad we get to see it work out either way. So, um, who are the guys, and, I mean, and it may have changed during the day, who are the guys you're, you're uh, going to be watching uh, very closely tomorrow? Well, I mean, I, K.J. Bolden's one. Yep. I mean, you talk about a guy that can come in and, and – you know, him and Laquan Robinson and what you can do, just his versatility. Uh, he's, a, he's a Sunday guy, I think, and, and I don't say that about a ton of high school kids right off the bat. Uh, obviously, L.J. McCray, everybody up front. If they put their hand in the ground, that's what I really deep down care about, right? Auburn's wide receiver class is phenomenal. They had to have that. Cam Coleman, I, I think Ryan Williams pushing his signing back to February is what it looks like is a good thing for Auburn. The longer he doesn't say, I'm going to Alabama – I think the better that works out for Auburn. But whether it's L.J. McCray, you know, you feel good about uh, mm-hmm. Waller, uh, who's committed. You look at Amaris Daniels, who you feel good about. Cohen Eccles, if they put their hand in the ground, that's what I care about because that is the quickest way to bridge the gap between Alabama and Georgia uh, and be able to, to not have to go out there and catch all the breaks to get in the position to hope to win. You can just go out there and go toe-to-toe with them. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got Don Dunn smiling over here with uh, with with that comment about hand in the ground guys for sure. Oh, of course, that's why the game's won and lost. I don't care if it's Friday night tights. I don't care if it's Sunday night football. And coach, you know this better than anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter if you run the triple option or the air raid. If you're not good up front, you're not going to win. You're exactly right, Jake, and that's where it is, and uh, that's the way it's always been, and it will continue to be. Like you said, you look at the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Texases now. Uh, those guys have the guys up front, and we need to get back to that, and I think we will. I agree. Jake, it should be a fun day tomorrow. You'll be on live when, yeah. I mean, the the fireworks are going off. Oh, I, I can't wait. I, obviously, we're going to be talking about it. 
Um, you know, like you said, a, a lot of the decisions are going to be made close to lunch, but uh, I, I think you may start hearing some some info leaking about guys maybe signing a little bit earlier uh, than, than what people thought in the morning. So check us out. Uh, we're going to be covering all of it, taking live calls, have a live chat. I think tomorrow is going to be another big step forward in what Hugh Freeze is building at Auburn. And you talked about that transparency in the press conference. I think that makes you feel pretty good about how genuine he is in the living room with a family because at the end of the day, you're asking for someone's most prized possession, and you better be honest with them because they'll find out if you're fake pretty quickly in the transfer portal. It feels like it's open 24-7, man. It's 7-11. So I think tomorrow Auburn fans are going to be pretty happy uh, with a new batch of players that are coming in to take jobs. If you're an Auburn player right now, especially at a certain position that catches the football through the air, you better start playing better because they're coming. Great stuff as always, Jake. Now we're uh, <clears throat> we're off next Tuesday, so we will talk to you in 2024. Definitely. Well, Bill, hope you guys have a, a Merry Christmas, Coach. You guys as well. Thank uh, tell you. Tell the family I said what's up. Hope everybody out there does and uh, be safe, safe travels. And uh, I just can't wait for Santa to see if I've been you know good this year. We'll see what my wife. <laughs> I hear you. Mer- Merry Christmas to y'all, Jake. All right, guys. See, see you, y'all. buddy. All right, we need to get to our final final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Tuesday Drive. Hi, this is Jessica Ventura.